This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Botox Cosmetic. Out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted pride of West London podcast. And there is no love today. There is certainly no love lost as Brentford played Barnsley. Barnsley came to New Griffin Park and our 22 game run is out the window. It just did not happen as Barnsley came down and were worthy 2-0 winners. It's got to be said. A little bit gutting, but at the end of the day, we have gone 22 games without losing a match. So... If you look at it from the glass half full side, it's probably not that bad. But anyway, I'm Billy Grant and I'm sitting here in the virtual joint. It's not so easy to sit in the virtual joint when you've lost a game. But to be fair, we've had a few little let-offs over the last few weeks. So I'm trying to put the glass half full kind of vibe on and saying, actually, listen, we've lost one game. Let's move on. I'm here with my virtual buddies in the house here. Laney, are you feeling as slightly um, down as I am? Yeah, it was, a, it was a, a, a frustrating afternoon, wasn't it? Uh, I think uh, I was looking forward to today, all day yesterday, actually, looking forward to it being our, our match. Um, and it just didn't happen, did it? It was, it was, a, it was Groundhog, and uh, Barnsley came with a, an incredible game plan, and they executed it. So my part of me is going fair play to, to Barnsley again. Um, and part of me is going. All good things come to an end. It was it was obvious that you you can't keep giving away the first goal and bring it back every time. Um, and the the huge unbeaten run has been a credit to the players and a credit to the club. And it's been a hugely enjoyable, mostly uh, run as fans. Um, you get greedy though, don't you? And you want more. Um, so yeah, part of me is a little bit, as I said, frustrated. But then part of me is like, okay. Quickly dust off QPR midweek, go again. So that's what we've got to do. Let's go again. Go again. It's ironic you use that phrase when we are playing QPR and their manager. He seems to say that once or twice, does he not? We've got in the house Savvy B. Savvy, I haven't spoken to you for ages on the pod. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine, thank you. I've, I really can't complain. Life is uh, it's pretty decent, really, for me. So uh, I know a lot of people have it much harder. But um, yeah, I mean, the you know, the, the odd loss in 22 or 23 games I can live with and uh, today you know we, we lost fair and square and uh, as the Bard of Barking once said Valentine's Day is over 
it is over. Well, it might be over for some, actually. I've got a little bit of activity a bit later on, so uh, at the end of the day, let's... Keep it clean. <laughs> hey. Let's wrap this up, hey. let's go. Right. <laughs> Podcast is finished, everybody. No. Right, I've got... Uh, I've got Robin Hood in the house. The Robin Hood, how are you? I'm okay. Got a bit of um got all my venting and my frustrations out um following the result earlier, but uh like I'm just gonna mirror uh Laney and South sentiments. Uh no other complaints really. We've just lost a game of football, uh, it happens all the time, and we've got the opportunity to put that right on Wednesday. In fact I'm already thinking about Wednesday, so yeah. Uh, I'm feel I'm, initially I was feeling frustrated and uh, slightly annoyed, but at the end of the day, We've lost a game of football and we go again, to use a former manager's favourite expression. They're all coming out today. Definitely, they're all coming out. But anyway, listen, we're going to move on. We're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about all sorts. But what I want to do, actually, is I want to just talk about something very quickly. We, we, you know, we like to talk about and we like to support our crew. We've got a, a big pod, um, we got a big podcast crew, a big besotted crew, uh, Brentford fans out there. And, and one of our besotted crew, Brentford fan, is a big, big Brentford fan. Unfortunately, uh, Greville Waterman, his lovely wife Miriam, unfortunately passed away a couple of days ago. She had a, a fight against COVID, and we thought she was going to get through, but unfortunately, she didn't. And I mean, I'm absolutely gutted. You know, I've known Greville for 20, 30 odd years now. And uh, I'm absolutely gutted. I know all of the Presorted crew as well, very, very gutted. And all we say is our thoughts are going out to you, Greville. Hope you pull through this, you and your family. Um, and I can't say any more, really. Uh, I mean, I know yourself, you, we were talking about this as well, Laney. We're, we're a little bit blown away and taken aback by this, aren't we? Yeah, I'd, poor old Greville, poor old, poor old Miriam, poor old, poor old Waterman family. It's, it's, it's really a, an awfully tough time for them. And as you say, Greville's been a been a very good friend to us all for many many years and um, when we found out that Miriam had been hospitalized and she'd been you know put on life support basically uh, we we were part of the whatsapp group when we were getting sort of daily updates on on her progress and how much oxygen she was requiring and the proning of her and it was a it was a, a real kind of uh, a wide-eyed moment of how this awful situation has, has come to affect someone that's been very close to us. Uh, you know, we've, we've spoken about it in the past. How you know how how dangerous this is, um, <clears throat> and how um, we've all been impacted in in many different ways. But to lose your wife, uh, it's it's just beyond beyond tragic. And you know. I, you know, I cried big tears for, for Greville um, when I found out and um, so God only knows what he's, he's feeling in the family so yeah you know big love um, to, to him um, you just you just kind of just hope that you know he can you know he can bounce back and see some positives soon but you know you know it's just going to take a while it's just uh, it's just it's just awful so yeah it's just a big, big hug to the Waterman family from all of us, and um, whatever we can do, Greville, we're, we're there for you. Hundred percent there for you, Greville. Big, big hug to you, going out as well. M- moving on, um, there was a Brian Reema interview, which was very interesting. It was on a, a Danish radio station. No, it's a Danish podcast actually. What we thought we we're going to do is we're going to come back to that maybe on Thursday or maybe in another podcast because it's very interesting. But we think that, you know, there's so much in there that it's probably not worth discussing that today. But what we thought that we would discuss today, actually, after giving the shout outs to people who have supported us, who, like I said to you, have supported us, besotted, um, 
besotted.com forward slash beer. And like I said to you, it, it helps us buy equipment. Like I said, more equipment, it should be sounding mighty plush today. We're very happy. Like I said, you're all sitting here with uh, relatively new microphones and, uh, and stuff. So we appreciate your support. Like, you know, Johnny, you know, thank you very much, Johnny. Kofi support as well. Thank you very much. Hollywood B, thanks for everything, lads, as well. And also Kevin Sawyer. Listen, big up to all of you lot. We really do appreciate um, so we're going to talk about the Barnsley game, but just quickly, Laney, I don't know if you noticed, but before the Barnsley game, there was a little announcement by the club. And the announcement said, in short, the players have decided that they will not be taking the knee before the matches anymore um, for various reasons. Uh, and the reason why they said is that they felt that they wanted to show their... Um, they believed in the cause, the anti-racism cause, but they wanted to show it in many other ways. And they didn't believe, I suppose, that they thought that the knee was uh, was effective enough. They, I, don't, you know, I think that's how it went about. So they said, we're not going to be um, taking the knee anymore. And then that's it. And we'll be doing it in other ways. And the match came, and at the beginning of the match, uh, I saw them sort of standing up, and then my, then my TV froze, so I didn't see exactly what happened after that. I was thinking, well, what are they going to do now? They're going to start jumping up and down. So uh, I'm not quite sure what happened, but um, I thought that was quite an interesting moment. And l- listen, there's other teams that have done it, you know, and they've made a, a point, and players have made a point. And I, listen, I listen to all sides of the argument as well. Um, you know, when QPR did it, I thought it was very interesting. As I said to you beforehand, QPR are a team who I have got a lot of respect for for the stuff that they do in the anti-racism field. So when QPR um, said that they weren't going to take the knee, I had to have a listen to them to, to hear the reason why. And the reason why they said we're going to do it is that said we believe that we can actually do it out of the football arena. We want to we want to show it by the actions that we do. And to be fair to QPR, they do show it in the actions that they do, and they're very good at doing that. Um, however, I mean, there was a massive discussion before the match about this. I mean, I was actually not involved in the discussion. I was actually very pleased that, you know, there was like a good 40 or 50 other people who were talking about this quite vigorously. And I just sat back and listened to what everybody was saying. Um, and Laney, it was it got quite it got quite interesting. Didn't yeah, it? it was um, it, it, it sort of certainly came out of the blue last night when, um, you know, the, the club drops the, uh, the the story that the, the players had had a discussion and they decided amongst themselves that they wouldn't be taking the knee uh, anymore um, and you assume that this is sort of come about after several weeks of them either not being happy about it or kind of just not not feeling it's making any impact anymore or or whatever reason um, so I personally um, don't see why they couldn't have lasted to the end of the season. Um, you know, it's, it, it could have been the season of uh, making a statement before the game. I mean, I know that the, the taking the knee and the, the Black Lives Black Lives Matter movement is is kind of um, slightly contentious, slightly contentious, mostly amongst racists. <laughs> but you know, for for m- most most people. Um, just see it as a, a demonstration of a, um, a sign of solidarity. It doesn't go really any deeper than that for the vast, vast majority of people. Um, and I was, you know, I was personally quite proud of my football club to um, to, to be partaking in that. And it was it was a sign, um, as I said, of the, you know of everyone kind of coming together and crystallising that message before a game. Now, you know, I, I assume if the players aren't happy with doing that, then you know, that's, that's for them to that's for them to that's for them to do you know they're the ones that are, are actually doing that before the game um, and 
uh, I, 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 yeah, as, as I said, you know, the, the statement that came out, it said that, you know, obviously the, the players in the football club um, completely agree with the sentiments behind it that, and they will be seen to be doing other things that support the message rather than the actual taking of the knee. I was a bit surprised that that wasn't unveiled at, at well, the you time. Mean exactly what they're um, doing, you mean? You know, yeah, yeah. If you're going to stop doing it, then you know, that's what you're doing. Some people, have, uh, some people accused the taking of the knee as being tokenist, but to do less than taking the knee is being even less than tokenist. So it's, it's, it's if you're not going to do it, do do something else. And if you're not going to do it before the game, explain when you are going to do it. And you know, I, I just think it is really important. It's a really important message. Brentford Football Club, um, whether you agree or don't agree, has got uh, a racist problem. Um, and we've talked about this in, in recent weeks. Um, and I thought this was one of the things that the football club was, was doing right. Now, um, the people I can see, with the, the, you know, having read Twitter at length, the people that are the most happiest about this are, are people that have got a problem with the colour of people's skin. Um, um, they don't think we should have been doing it in the first place, and this is a victory to, to them. Now, whether it is or not, you know, we, we can talk about that until the cows come home. But uh, I, I just thought we should continue doing it or something until the end of the season, then then take a deep breath and work out where we go as a football club, where we go as as as, as a sport, um, and work work out something else because you know it, it's clear that. There, there are issues because they crop up every week, whether it's a social media attack on someone or whether it's something more direct than that. It, there, there clearly is an issue within within the sport. Um, and I, 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 for one, was a bit confused. You know, Ivan Tony stood there with his hand in the air rather than kneeling there with his hand in the air. Now, well, if he's not worrying about... Black Lives Matter taking the knee, then why is he holding his hand up still? So it's just, it's just, a, it, it is a little bit confusing. So yeah, I, I was surprised by the timing, um, and you know, um, we'll, we 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 ex- we await other news. Is, is, is the way I'd explain it. If you're not going to do it, and you're going to say you're not going to do it because the players are going to do something else, then tell us what that something yeah, I mean, else is. Uh, we, we, just, we, we had a little chat about this before. We said, look, we're not going to go into this too deep today because we'll wait for the club to come back and say exactly what they're looking to do because maybe it's a little bit early now. But again, what I think is quite interesting, it's thrown up a whole load of question marks uh, because we're all just a little bit confused about this as well. And as, as you said to you, you know, it's interesting where a lot of people are very happy about it are the people, <laughs> a lot of people that just don't seem very, if you look through timelines, they're not overly supportive of the anti-racism cause. Or as we, t- if you, and if you listen back to a podcast that we did a few months ago as well, there's, there's different ways that people can operate because sometimes it, it's not what you do say, it's what you don't say. It's what you, how you don't operate. It's what you don't say to your friends who might be saying something or doing something. And that is where the real issue comes. One point, though, and I just want to just sort of ask you about this quickly, Sav, because one thing that like I said to you that really gets me go, which is hilarious, is where people, there's this whole kind of argument where people are saying, oh, no, we mustn't do the Black Lives Matter thing because they're Marxist and political and we shouldn't bring politics into football. Now, to me, this has always been a, an, an argument where, which is almost like 
let's find an excuse not to do something. Let's let's discredit something and let's put it out there rather than look at the reason why people are actually doing it and then actually see how can we support this. And like I said to you, the people who normally come up with that argument, again, you have to question their real motives because they'll turn around to you and they'll say, I'm not racist. However, as soon as you say something like that, it shows a real lack of understanding as to why my daughter, as I say, who's 12 years old, she's not a Marxist, but what she does is that she understands what this is about and she decides to come underneath that banner to actually say and uh, exactly what she thinks about certain things. She's the first person to actually point out in any match when a player hasn't taken the knee. It's really interesting. I don't notice it, but she does. Because why, why didn't he take the knee? Why did She noticed the QPR thing straight away. Why, why did half of them not take the knee? It's really interesting. 12-year-old girl. So what I'm trying to say is that for her, it's not about Marxism. It's not about that. It's about the message and what, it's, and, and what the bigger picture is. And Sav, I mean... Just quickly, what are your thoughts on that? Because, like I said to you, we don't want to drag on this too much because we've got to talk about the game, but I just thought it was very, very interesting. Yeah, well, I think there's, there's a couple of things there. Um, with the the Marxism thing, when you're making a, uh, a monkey chance, when you're throwing bananas, when you're abusing people on Twitter, it's not because they're Marxist, is it? No, it's not. No. So uh, so, so that argument is, is just complete whitewash. <laughs> Excuse the term. But it's just rubbish. <laughs> Uh, secondly I think with the decision we made I think the players got every right to make that decision it's their decision to make if they don't want to do it they they shouldn't do it but I would have liked to have seen uh, a a football wide decision to put a cut off date so everyone stops at the same time rather than forcing certain players certain clubs to make decisions on their behalf and get stick like we've been getting or not getting or whatever and QPR got very early on I think a football-wide decision, they could have just come up with a date. It could have been one that's passed. It could be one in the future. But I would have liked to have seen that. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, what I also want to see is what are the club going to do now? How are they going to symbolise that black lives matter? Because, because they do. Because if you ask anyone that question, you know, do black lives matter? You want them to say yes. And if they don't say yes, then there's, there's an issue there. And there is an issue amongst our fan base. That some people can't just say yes to that simple question. And I want to see what the club and the players uh, plan to do. I mean, the Community Sports Trust does fantastic things with vulnerable kids, uh, black kids, you know, kids, kids having real sort of struggles. They, they do brilliant stuff in the community. And I want to see how the club itself, people who aren't involved in the Community Sports Trust, how the club itself can get those messages across without taking the knee. What I will say, and this is briefly, is that I do 100% understand a lot of the arguments saying that there is a bit of tokenism. And also, um, to be fair, this stops clubs, organisations from actually doing the real things, which is actually trying to stamp it out. And also the fact that there is so much racism going on anyway. And, you know, we've been very critical. We're always critical of the organisations, the football clubs, for them not doing enough. And then what they'll do is that they'll get behind umbrellas just to feel that they're doing the right thing all the time. So I understand that. Um, However, like I said to you, interestingly, like Sky have decided that they're going to um, have a certain quota of people from black and ethnic minority on their staffing, um, in their staffing in the next, what's it, four years, 
uh, which is interesting that, because they're deciding, OK, we're doing what we're doing on TV, but this is also what we're doing to take it to the next level. Whether or not some people think that's right or wrong, that's totally up to them. But that's interesting what Sky are doing as a company to try and actually do something a little bit further because they feel that they're actually committing to, the, uh, to this cause more than than just putting stuff on TV. So I think that's interesting. Like I said, I want to cut this off now because I really want to talk about the game, but it'd be very, very interesting to know exactly what the next stage is because at the moment, it's all a little bit up in the air and uh, probably in a strange way, it's probably given the racists a little bit of a W, as they say, a little bit of a win because they think, yeah, yeah, we got we got it knocked out. You know, let's carry this on and, and we can we can do it again. So this football clubs, maybe that's not your intention. And maybe you've got a master plan in place. So it'll be very interesting to hear what that is. But anyway. We might ask the club for them to send us in a, a bit of audio. Just send us in the, the reasons why they've done it and what they plan to do. Maybe even talk to one of the players. The players will be quite interesting, actually, to find out exactly why they've done it, exactly what the plan is for the future, you know, not not asking them because obviously they know that there's there are problems within the game there are problems within the club and whether or not they've got a plan to actually kind of deal with that as a as a, as, as a club from inside the club that'll be very interesting so let's let's put that out there and maybe we might have something for you for thursday's podcast maybe next week's podcast let's just see shall we is but anyway listen we've got barnsley that we played yesterday or today it feels like yesterday christ we're going to come back after this little twang and we're going to chat about Barnsley. So Barnsley, they've come down to New Griffin Park and they've done it again. Well, they haven't quite done it again because they've only been here one time, but they did do us at the back end of last season. And uh, they looked very good then. And uh, to be fair, you know, when we saw them against Chelsea on Sunday, was it on Sunday they played Chelsea? They looked pretty good then as well. And uh, we've always talked about Barnsley as being a good side. They play some good football and uh, they've got some good players and they've got some good managers and they always, inverted commas, punch above their weight. In other words, they play good football and sometimes they get some great results and sometimes it doesn't quite go their way. In fact, I would go as far to say that Barnsley remind me of Brentford probably two or three or four years ago and this is not a disrespect to them this is like a real positive when we come into the league and we'd be playing your Sheffield Wednesdays and your your Villas and all these teams and everyone would just laugh at us and then we'd go up there and we'd beat them and play good football and they'll go cool you play good football you should be in a higher position than you should be you know but then the following week we'd go and lose to Rotherham or you know or or Burton or something like that so it was kind of one of those scenarios where Barnsley remind me very much like us where they got the capacity to beat any side they've got the tactics they've got the skill they've got the players but they haven't got the consistency and uh, but then they'll come out against Brentford and they give us a bit of a spanking and that spanking was very annoying Robin Hood wasn't it yeah frustrating I think is the word to, um, the most concise word I can put on it um, it was it was something that I wasn't not expecting just because like you said the um, the previous time they came to uh, West London uh, to face us they sort of shocked us a little bit uh, I think the point you make about them playing good football I think it might be a bit generous to them if I'm being quite honest I don't think they played like really nice attractive free-flowing football that we were playing for a few years ago I think the comparison in terms of where they are as a club might be quite apt 
but I thought for a bunch of players that, again, with all due respect, probably aren't as technically gifted as ours, and are nowhere near as technically gifted as ours. They've got. I thought they have a real spirit. They had a real work rate. Um, I think their manager uh, strikes me as being uh, something of a character, but someone who can really motivate his players and get them functioning well as a unit. They were playing either three at the back or six at the back, and they during the whole um, of the 90 minutes. Uh, in, against us this uh, this season and they I think they played really really well um, what was frustrating was we just didn't seem to have that creative flair and um, variety of options to try and break down their defense I thought you can't you can't you couldn't question our players work rate at all I thought they, you could, they were definitely trying but I just think they they just ran out of ideas and ran out of steam a bit it was a frustrating day at the office um, and I just I hope mean, that we can bounce back there's a few changes Godos and Canos came in again we've got the rotation thing going on and uh, we it's almost like we didn't quite come out the traps you know, I mean, I know that's very easy to say because Barnes also will give us a bit of credit. You know, we were pressing you hard. We weren't allowing you to play. But also there was just something about our play which just quite wasn't right. Just nothing was clicking. We weren't, you know, we, were, we, we weren't getting to the second balls. It was just it was just one of those games where the longer it went on and they were sort of saying it's 50 minutes, 40 minutes, 30. There's a countdown going on. And you just sort of felt, actually, we're not, we're not going to get back into this game. It was just one of those games, wasn't it, um, Laney? Yeah, you're right about the countdown. I felt that exactly the same. You know, every 10 minutes that went past, you kind of went, mm, there's plenty of time, there's plenty of time, isn't there? Isn't there? Mm, and it was just, it wasn't, nothing was changing. I thought we created in the first half probably enough to at least go in level, if not be in the lead. And you kind of see over the, the 21, 22 games that we, we were unbeaten that, you know, there were there were moments within those that we we were kind of clearly second best, but there was always something that happened. Something went our way, you know, the the, the push, the clear push that was on Ivan Tony. Uh, any other match or most other games, referee points to the spot, penalty, one all. Two of those shots in the first half where we we did open them up. The ball was put back into a dangerous position for a shot. Godos just passed back to the goalkeeper basically where he should have you know the goal either side of the goalkeeper a huge amount of space you know that should have been a goal uh, Josh De Silva he had an opportunity very weak very weak finish uh, we saw on, on on Wednesday night against Reading how devastating he was and, and how when it goes his way and XG is is going our way, then uh, you know it's a different outcome. I think I think we all knew that the you know the run was going to end at some stage because because 20, 21, 22 games is incredible. That's why it is incredible. It, it hardly ever happens. It's it's, it's 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 hard enough to go four or five games in this league being unbeaten, let alone let alone pretty much half a season. It's Stoke away was the last time we lost a game in this division, which seems a yonk ago. I'm thinking how my life has changed since we lost to Stoke um, you know I was allowed in a pub back then um, so so there was a never an inevitability about it that it was going to happen but you kind of assumed that it probably wasn't going to happen today but you know based based on what, what they did at Griffin Park at the tail end of last year they've got our, they've got our, they've got our number they know to press us they know what to do I and mean, it was a different manager but 
Um, if he looked at the video of what happened in that match, he's probably gone, we'll have, have more of the same. And they, they took two of the chances. I thought Pinnock's defending was pretty pretty shocking on both of them. Um, and, um, yeah, we, we ran out of luck, I thought. Um, I thought the referee didn't really give us much. I thought we started to get a bit bitty and niggly and... Uh, frustrated and Ivan Tony was giving away free kicks instead of getting free kicks for him that's that's something that's not not, not happened the last couple of matches so yeah I, I, th- I think we just hit the buffers today and you know I, I could get really angry and obviously I felt it during the game and you know you just sometimes you just got to let it let's wash over you and go right okay that was an incredible run and, and as euphoric as I felt after the Reading game where I was literally bouncing around the kitchen going, I can't believe that just happened. Unbelievable. Wasn't that brilliant? We're top of the league, you know, and then you've got the the Middlesbrough match where, you know, it's almost like it was it was destined to be that it was gonna be our afternoon. Today it seemed destined to be it wasn't and I thought today f- the football dice were rolled and we we kind of predicted the way that they were going to be a one and a three. They weren't going to be double sixes. Sav, listen, I mean, you talked about a bit earlier, or Robin said a bit earlier about their style of football. I think uh, I think you know, if you look up the way that Barnsley play their football, I mean, <laughs> they've got different ways of playing football as well. And I think that they kind of just knew what they needed to do to stop us today. There were a lot of fouls, interestingly, because they were fouling us today. Um, I mean, there was a foul count of 14. It must have gone up probably a little bit higher than that. So they were fouling us a lot and stopping us and stopping the flow of the play. But I didn't feel nearly as angry when they were fouling us as when Swansea were fouling us, even though it probably was a sort of similar type tactic. Like, you know, so I don't know whether whether it's not the execution of the foul or whether or not it's just like we, we kind of like the Barnsley fans or what it might be. But um, yeah, there was lots of fouls as well. And also their midfield, you know, it's swamped us the midfield kind of dominated we 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 flipped it up where we you know we changed our midfield obviously as we have to do with the rotation and they see you know they've got uh, Mowat there in midfield who's a who's a bit of a beast and uh and they seem to have won that midfield battle there didn't they Savvy? Uh, they were just fantastic at uh, pressing this I mean they did a really good job on Chelsea the other night as well but they were they were pressing and pressing from the front it's quite different to a, a sort of park the bus type team, which is why they're not boring and they you know, they shouldn't get, take any disrespect because they played us perfectly. Because they, you know, I mean, Dave's, Dave's right that, you know, where some things didn't come off. But, you know, basically they didn't give us the opportunity and they just pushed and, you know, they, they created a few chances, not not millions, but that's because we're a half-decent defensive side as well. But they, they, were, they were pushing us... No, not letting us play. The midfield couldn't get their foot on the ball. Uh, De Silva was playing quite, um, quite uh, hugging the touchline, so he wasn't as effective as, as he normally would be. And they were doubling and tripling up on him as well, and doing the normal thing that you know they do. They do uh, foul uh, in, in the right places. Rico had a torrid time as well. Uh, he was up uh, against uh, uh, you know, a couple of very good players as well. So it, it was difficult and. Barnsley are a good side who play football in a way that suits them. They've reminded me a lot of Reading, but without the, without the skill up front, but much more organised and really good defence. I think uh, Callum Styles and Britton are two excellent uh, wing-backs. And uh, then, you know, they've got the luxury of having three 
three centre halves, so you know it's very hard to play against them. Uh, we didn't unlock it. Um, another day we would, uh, but this time it wasn't to be. But fair enough, these things are going to happen. They are going to happen, and I keep mentioning it every week. But as you know, I've been delving right into the MLS, and uh, and I was very interested to see how Kike would play today. He actually made his debut for Barnsley Teeks a couple of years ago. He's only playing like college football in America. He was playing for, I think it's Virginia. So what they do is that they play college football there. He got signed off on the draft and he, he signed for Orlando, I think it was last season. He played one season for Orlando and now that he's on loan, he's one of these players who's quite big, quite well hyped in America. He's still quite a young player, probably like one of our B-teamers who've just come into the team. Um, he made his debut for the American national team in, in, in the end of January, signed for Barnsley the day after because he, he got his he got his, uh, his his card, his green card because of that. And then he came to the game and he made his first start. And the first thing I thought when he made a start, I thought, oh, blimey, they're starting him against Brentford. They must they must rate him quite highly. Or maybe they're going to be putting the ball into the area. Maybe he's going to be holding up the ball. Maybe he's just going to be causing all sorts of problems. So I thought that was interesting. But the question I'm going to ask you, Robin, is that that goal that they scored, the second goal, did Kike mean to pass it or was it a shot? Uh is it Kike or DK? I can't remember. Uh, th- whoever, 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 I keep saying Kike, DK, 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 um, DK. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm not entirely sure to be honest. Uh, I think I'm struggling to actually remember how it how it exactly happened. But I, th- I, th- I thought him as a he player, looked like he was going to try and put it in the top corner, and it kind of sort of went across in the middle, and we went, "Oh no, what's going on here?" And I mean, regardless, it, it, it went it went in the back of the net. I think um, credit to him. I thought I thought he absolutely bullied Madsbeck today. Uh, Madsbeck, who's been shown a marked improvement over the course of the season, I think he just came up against a, a player who was very hungry to make an impression on his first start, and probably got a shot in the arm of confidence from the game against Chelsea. But I thought, yeah, the, the whole defence was bullied by uh, Rico Rico as well. It's not often that we sit here and say that Rico Henry had a bad game, and whilst maybe he wasn't on his A game and he was put under a bit of pressure by uh, other by his fellow teammates I think that's a lot down to Barnsley and I think DK can take a lot of credit for that as well I thought he was very very a very very useful striker if, that, if that's not an unkind way of he was it. he was indeed fair play fair play to them and fair play to him on his start and I know all my MLS chums over in America are going to be very very delighted about this but listen anyway we've had a little chat about the game but what we need to do is that we need to have a little bit more of a mathematical analysis so we're going to go over to Will the spreadsheet winker who has been in front of his computer calculating exactly what went wrong in that game. So let's go over to Will, the spreadsheet winker, and find out the stats on the Barnsley game. Spreadsheet winker, So all good things come to an end then. Our third game on the spin where we had lower XG than our opponents, and the first time we've not managed to win. The luck had to run out at some point, and it well and truly did today. In terms of XG, Bees made 0.85, and Barnsley had 1.78. The way the teams garnered their expected goals couldn't have been more different. Barnsley had few shots, they made two massive chances in the six-yard box, and scored them both. In contrast, the Bees really struggled to get the ball into the Tykes box in dangerous positions. Our highest XG chance was actually Dalsgaard's 64th-minute back heel, which was never going anywhere near the net, with 0.16 xG. Not a single other chance was over 10% xG, so since in the last few games the Screamers have been flying in for the Bees, think to Silvers first against Reading, it shouldn't surprise us that our lock on that front ran out this time. Barnsley's chances were a case of nightmarish deja vu for the Bees' defence. 
failing to clear crosses and pick up runners in the box, allowing for high XG shots which Raya has no chance of saving at the same freakish frequency he did against Borough. Their first came in the 13th minute, where Chaplin slotted home a 0.63 XG chance after losing Pinnock in the box, and their second came as a sucker punch straight after half-time and was also a 63% chance. Looking at the stats for interceptions, you can really see the intensity of the Barnsley press. They intercepted the ball 19 times to R4, mostly in the wide areas after the ball was switched out there by a midfielder or defender. This was a story throughout the match, and credit should absolutely be paid to the visitors here. They just did not allow us to progress the ball through the midfield at all. This resulted in our inability to get the ball into their box for the strikers, and instead meant we snatched at low XG chances from the edge of the box. Defensively, it will be a worry that the backline was A, unable to stop the crosses come in, partially the responsibility of the midfield as well, and B, deal with them effectively when they come in, which means tracking players and intercepting the ball. So let's hope the team can improve on this before we visit our neighbours in Shepherd's Bush, who are no doubt still grieving the loss of brighter say Samuel in the transfer window. So there you go, Will, the spreadsheet winker. I can't believe I got my key keys and my DKs all mixed up. I've been talking about DK for the past week and I've gone all KK. Uh, I don't know what that's all about. But anyway, but Will, uh, he, he, he tells it as it is, doesn't he? I mean, he said, look, we've lost the XG battle. And I know a lot of people hate the XG battle, but basically, because we all saw it through our own eyes. Yes, we know we weren't. We just weren't delivering. But, you know, Barnsley, two massive chances, 66% chances. They put the ball right in the pl- right place, boom, in the back of the net. And to be quite honest with you, we created sort of lots of sort of not very good chances. But one of them could have gone in. But on this occasion, it didn't. But in, in the chance creation front, we weren't really doing it. And whether or not it's us not being on our game or whether or not it's Barnsley stopping us from doing that, we weren't the you know the usual Brentford who might have 50% chance of putting the ball in the back of the net or 55% chance. We weren't getting those situations. So there's less likely that you're going to score a goal if that happens because you're relying on you getting these kind of, you know, these, these, these very good flashy goals that you talk about for the, for the rest of the year to happen. So listen, it's one of them things, wasn't it? Yeah, there was no there was no injustice this afternoon, and and that's that's probably the the thing that will make me sane this evening, and <laughs> maybe, maybe a couple more drinks. Uh, yeah, it, it, it wasn't like we were, you know, bashing the, the you know the doors down, and it's just you know everything wasn't going our way. You hit the post, you hit the bar, missed three penalties. The goalkeeper played a blinder. We, we've we've not asked the right questions. Uh, you know, we we did run out of steam, we did run out of luck, and we did run out of ideas. Um, you know, that's not to blame anyone. You know, you can say I don't. I don't think if you put if you if you if you put Jensen, sorry, if you put J- Jensen in the team from the start, or or um, you put Fosu in the team, I don't think it makes any difference. I think I think Barnsley still play that that frustrating pressing game. I think I think we didn't have the answers to to cope with that, and um, you know, I I I, I thought. I thought sometimes we we made the space. There's a couple of times where there was you know players free and we didn't quite make the pass. You know, once or twice I saw Canos on, in acres of space out out on the left, and you know uh, De Silva dallied or Mbwemo didn't quite quite didn't quite see what what was possible. He took an extra touch. I thought Dalsgaard had a 
very, very average game, and I thought, I thought um, Rico had a pretty average game for him. But it's not necessarily because they did anything wrong. It's just the fact that they weren't given a second on the ball, you know. So we had to find a different way around that, and we, and we didn't today. We 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 lacked energy, and I thought it would be them. You know, they played Chelsea on Thursday. Um, and I thought they would be the ones that were, weren't quite up for it, but you know, I, I was very wrong. Just to give a little summary as to what went down in that game, as if people didn't know, but just in case you didn't see it, Brentford, we were effective at creating goal scoring opportunities from set pieces. Uh, and that was about it. Barnsley, we created a number of chances relative to the possession because the possession we had about, oh, we had over 60%, if I remember rightly, as well. They stole the ball a lot from us as well, and they created a lot of opportunities from down the flanks. Their wing backs were working proper hard as well, and they were very strong at finishing. For us, you know, the weaknesses, we were poor at finishing, we were caught offside often, and we committed just a loads of errors. And for them, they were very aggressive, um, which is their game. You know, they, they knocked us out of our game. They lost possession a lot, but we didn't take advantage of that. And also, they gave away a lot of free kicks around the box, which we also didn't take advantage of. Interestingly, because we were... We were talking about, you know, who scored.com and the, their top performers for each game. You know, they gave players marks out of 10. We were thinking, should we really go for that? Because, you know, use that because we don't know, you know, the barometer. Sometimes it seems to be a little bit off. Sometimes we see different things to what they may do. They may see it in completely statistical way, whereas we see other things as well. But it's just interesting to see their top five top performers in this game were all Barnsley Helic was uh, number one with 8.5. Carlton Morris, number two, 7.9. Mads Anderson, not Mads Beck, but Mads Anderson, 7.6. Bradley Collins, the goalkeeper, 7.5. And Callum Britton, 7.5 as well. All of them were, were Barnsley. And which is that's interesting because we don't normally get that. We don't normally get a clean flush of the opposition taking us out. And that's what, you know, and that's what they did. So fair play to Barnsley. I'm just going to say Sav Bill, as well. Bill, because... sorry, before you get to Sav, Bill, got a question for you, mate. Yeah. We're over half an hour into this, and you've you've not used the word cheat once. No, did, no. So Barnsley did they they, they not cheat? They didn't. No, cheat. They, I don't believe that Barnsley did cheat. I think Barnsley actually played their game, and I think they did very well. And they 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 outdid us um, in this match. If it was another match, we might play it differently, and it might play it differently. But I, I think that they did fail a lot. Yeah, but they fell within. Within the right kind of uh, on the right side of the line is what I'm going to say. So <laughs> I didn't feel it was I didn't feel it was cheating. I thought they were being uh, uh, they were being uh, tactically clever. I think probably is the word. So uh, does that answer your question, lady? No, I think if it was Swansea, you'd be calling them cheats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they, they did they, they did cheat though because we should have had a penalty. Well, we, should, we, should, we should have had a penalty, yeah. We should. It, was a stone, it, was a stone, it was a stone wall penalty, but I think you can't really call it cheating because it was so obvious. And I think, from what I saw, the, the Barnsley player almost sort of started walking away as though he knew he'd committed the foul. And then the referee, for some reason, decided against it. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say they were cheating. They were quite open with their fouls and they didn't really complain too much about any of the decisions that were given against them. So, um, yeah, I'd say uh, industrious tackling is the, the way... Is they, the, the they were, and, and also they're... And also their bench. I mean, I know Valerie got a yellow card, but we also got a yellow card as well. But it wasn't one of those yellow cards where, where everyone, we were all venting and we were like, going, oh, what are you talking about? And, you know, he was having a go at us. You can see that he was having the passion and he was getting really annoyed because certain decisions weren't given. 
and I thought that's fair enough. Like you know, that's Valerie Ismail, who's the who's the Barnsley manager. Who I've got I've got quite a lot of respect for him actually. I think he's done all right, but I didn't think that he was he had the kind of you know the same kind of um, just bad vibes that you got on the Swansea bench who are calling for everything and being really loud and being really kind of arrogant and really kind of just aggressive you know towards us and then saying not very nice things about us after the game so uh you know, I'm trying to go every. You keep on pulling me into Swansea every match. I try not to mention Swansea. I can, I can <laughs> see. I can see you're absolutely triggered. I can see it. I can see Billy's absolutely. It's the red zone for him. Oh dear, Billy please, gets triggered everywhere he goes. <laughs> No, do not ever mention, don't mention Swansea ever again. Or a swan, or anything to do with Wales, or anything. (laughs) Oh dear, because you just get me down that one path and I'm off. Like, you know, you've got got to pull me back. You get the flashlight eye and say, Billy, come back. Put put the lead on him. (laughs) But anyway, coming away from that, look, Swansea, um, I mean, Swansea, see how I am. Barnsley, let's come back to talk to Barnsley. Listen, Barnsley, listen, fair play to them. They did a they did a good job. They did the business on up. I don't. We shouldn't be so. Um, and we'll see who's so nice, Brentford. But I think it's it's a bit of a leveler for us. And in a way, I'm quite relieved because I, I don't know if you listened to the last podcast that we did where we uh, asked the question where we said, look, what would you rather? Would you rather lose against Barnsley and win against QPR the other way round? And uh, the Dutchman refused to answer that, which I thought that was unfair because he wasn't playing the game, right? No. You know, there was you had to go one or the other and he just did not go for it at all. Chim. But, you know, I thought that, you know, chicken, chicken Dutch, chicken Dutchman. Um, but <laughs> for, me, for me, you know, that... I sort of feel relieved because I feel now that we've lost to Barnsley. <laughs> that, that that opens us to, to winning against QPR after I started that question last week. What do you think, lady? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it could go two or three. You know, I, the, we've been football fans and 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 fans of Brentford for long enough to realise that you know these things don't happen often. Twenty plus games. Uh, it, it needs to average itself out normally. I take solace and I take confidence in the fact that this isn't a normal Brentford squad from from years gone by. This is an exceptional Brentford squad uh, and a squad that hasn't got uh, losing as it's uh, in its DNA. So I expect a reaction. I, I, I honestly do. And um, the fact it is against QPR is is. We said earlier, one of us said earlier, I think it's a, it's a good thing. Yeah, the fact that if you're going to have to bounce back, you have to bounce back against your, your, your dreaded local rivals. So um, um, I'm, I'm going to let, let today kind of like be like water off a duck's back. Um, it, was, it was inevitable that it was going to happen at some stage. It's a shame it has, a shame we haven't gone top. I don't think it suits us to be top at the moment. Um, as long as we're second uh, or third, we've pulled massively away from... We're in the playoffs. You know, we're 17, 18 points away from uh, not being in the top six. So forget that. Now it's about just recalibrating our minds and spirits and, and, I, and I hope the players just can enjoy what they've achieved. Don't be too down in the dumps about this afternoon. Same with the fans, really. Just, just appreciate what's happened. Don't get too angry about what's happened this afternoon. Yeah, we, we all would have loved for us to have won again. And as I said, my whole weekend was geared up about today. Um, and, and a one o'clock kickoff on a Sunday. That's 
crap as well, isn't it? So, um, yeah, so we, we, we go again, is the expression, and we have to. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually glad it's against QPR. Yeah, and just giving the positives, glass half full, as we say, you know, we are in second spot. We have still played two games more than two games more than Swansea. Okay, so the you know, the ball is in their hands, but you know, rather the points in the bag of the game in hand, you know, and uh, like I said to you, we're four points behind, four points in front of them, two games in hand. But let's see how that goes. But what's more importantly is we're seventeen points in front of Cardiff, who are in seventh place. So we're basically seventeen points into the playoffs. So I think you know, I think our playoff face is uh, is pretty well sorted. We just need to sort out this top two. Just going back to the stats, wise as well. Um, looking at the in for the slope graph, it, last week I was very happy because we were top and our expected goals on the Justice League, we were at top and we were forecast to be top at the end of the season. It's obviously shifted a little because we've gone down to second place now, but still, you know, they're looking at us being uh, top at the end of the season now. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but the, the Justice League, they call it the XG table. Brentford are top. Watford are second. They had a very good win, 6-0 against Bristol City, even though there are a lot of injuries for Bristol City, but still the Bristol City fans, if you just have a look at their timeline, they are done with whole Holden, absolutely done with Holden and also their CEO is also getting a little bit of grief as well because they believe that you know whatever team that he's been responsible for pulling together at Bristol City is all over the place so it's a not a happy house at Bristol City at the moment now so Watford a second Norwich a third Borough a fourth uh, down from third of last season Bournemouth a fifth uh, Blackburn a sixth and a Reading are still outside of it a seventh according to the the stats people so let's see how that pans out and according to 538 as well the table i haven't seen this yet so i'm looking at this again for the first time this week brentford uh, are still top you know we are predicted we have 57 points at the moment now but we're predicted to get 87 points now so that's actually less than they predicted beforehand so this loss against um uh, against Barnsley they obviously expected us to win that game in their little predicted table thing and so it hasn't quite gone to plan for that one so we're down equal points with Norwich in second place but we've got a better goal difference than them so it's quite tight between the two of us uh, both 70, us 77% to get promoted Norwich 73% chance to get promoted they've got us now 41% to win the championship and then 36 that's so massively you, down that was yeah, 20, 20% it was, down it, is, from... it was 60 it was 66 last week, was. so it just goes yeah, to show yeah, yeah. you. And, you know. and the expected points, I remember, it was 95, and it's now 89. So today's cost us loads of points. Yeah, yeah. There's some, some odd algo going on there, mate. Yeah, and I think the points were actually 90. Last, 90, last week it was 90 last week. It's down to 87. And obviously the, the three points, they expected us to get the three points today, and we didn't do. So, mm. you know, it's in the balance. But then other than that, Swansea, they've got third at 82. Watford fourth at, uh, on 79, Bournemouth uh, fifth on 72 and Reading sixth on 72 and then Cardiff seventh on 66. So it kind of shows you that, you know, if you get probably 68 points or so, then you're definitely going to be in the playoffs this season. And if you get 84 points, then you're going to probably get automatic promotion is what they're looking at at the moment now. Unless two teams just go on off on a massive, massive run on their own, like, you know. But anyway... Listen, we're trying to make everyone feel a little bit better after losing to Barnsley by throwing this out there, but we've got no idea. And let's just see how it pans out. But we have got a massive game now on Wednesday against our big West London rivals. It's on the box. It's on Sky TV as well. So now I follow. It's going to be all on the TV, all on the box. So get your now TV passes. Get whatever you have to do. Just do what you have to do to get that game. Um, and it's we're going to... well. 
we're going to have a little break. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about our West London rivals, QPR. So QPR, big game Wednesday. Not quite the same because obviously we haven't got the sort of kind of excitement of, of, of working out what tier they're going to put us in. You know, they're going to put us in the, the top tier, like upstairs in the upstairs bedroom, or you're going to be downstairs in the kitchen, you know, for the game, like, you know, and then there's going to boycott and no one buys any tickets for the upstairs bedroom, you know, until they put the tickets on sale for the downstairs living room, like, you know, and there's a bit of a standoff. And eventually, like three days before the game, they put tickets on sale and they sold, you know, 2,000 tickets for the downstairs living room. Is that what happened in your house, lady? It could, it could do. Um, I, I, am, I am looking forward to it. Um, it's a yeah. shame it's not Tuesday, actually. I'm, I'm fed up of waiting for Wednesday games. But, uh, yeah, Tuesday would be, would be better for me. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit gutted, actually. Again, this, was, this would be a game that would have been sold out weeks and weeks ago. This, this is, a, this is the, probably you know, as, as big as it gets for us because we, we, can, we, we need the points. It actually, it actually doesn't. Act, the the fact that it's a local derby is less significant to us than ever at the moment. Um, I, I see it as a team against a, against a club that uh, you know have been doing okay. I mean, they they, they won at Watford, um, and they 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 they're kind of dangerous on their on their day. And now they've got Charlie Austin back. They seem to have. They have a striker that's able to kind of like motivate, and he's almost like this talismanic figure for for the for the Rangers team and the, and the, and the fans. So it's not a game that I'm taking lightly. But you know, up until today, it's a team and a game that I expected us to win. And in the same way you mentioned, you know, the the conundrum of would you have taken a defeat against Barnsley? Uh, or a victory over QPR, you, you, you'd taken it this way round. So, yeah, I, I am looking forward to it. I am confident we will bounce back, and we absolutely will win this fixture. Oh, there you go, Laney. I like your confidence, Savvy B. <laughs> this game, it's unfortunately this loss because you know we could look at it two ways, but you could think of it like going into a little bit of a damp squib and going into it, into it with a little bit of trepidation. Have you got a bit of trepidation going into this match? Uh, I don't really know. Uh, I think um, I had a lot more trepidation going into today's game because there's some teams that let us play and I think QPR are the kind of team that let us play uh, or they can't stop us playing, I should say. And uh, But Barnsley could. And I, I think I much prefer us playing teams who allow us to play it uh, doesn't mean we're guaranteed to win. You know, anything could happen. You know, but I do think seven seven times out of ten we would beat a team like QPR. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I am I am pretty confident. I know they're confident. I mean, um, Paul Linney would seem very confident in his piece. But um, but no, I I, I think we're going to bounce back. We you know it's important for us to bounce back. And I think as a team and as a club, we know how it's important it is. But I also think we're still very very confident as a as a club, as a side, and we know we've got the players and we know we've got the beating to QPR because we, we beat them every time. The Robin Hood, I mean, we just thought we'd better go over to the opposition, so we thought we'd chat to, to Robin Hood, who, uh, because <laughs> in your manner, mate, the Robin Hood, you, you've moved to the QPR oh, manner, rumbled. so I mean, <laughs> dark yeah, so, yeah, we need I'm ashamed, to... Uh, I'm ashamed listen. to say, yeah, that myself and Head would have moved, yeah. 
to, to keep yours own, mate. So listen, we have to ask you. You know, how do you think your team is going to beat Brentford on uh, on Wednesday night? Oh, for <laughs> Pete's sake! Um, <laughs> uh, as I'd like, to, I'd like to say that um, this is Agent Robin at work here. Um, I've been messaging Johan Barbe as well, just to make sure, just to, to give me a few insights as to what I can be doing. Um, I think I the head. My head says that we've not lost for so long and you know you wait for the London the London bus analogy that uh, you wait for one and then two come along so my head says that I'm feeling a little bit nervous because of just the sort of football superstition of you know you go on a massive long unbeaten run and then lose twice in a row um, but I just think this this team has displayed such resolve over the past um, 20 21 games and over the course of the whole season actually and I think we've certainly got the capability and the confidence to go ahead and, and bounce back in true um in true champions style but um this is a qpr team that shouldn't be underestimated yes they've lost a bright osai samuel um but that doesn't seem to have phased them too much um they're the best qpr team for quite a few seasons now i think um and i think i think we should certainly respect them but be confident enough that we can beat them uh, i'd like to see um I'd like to see Josh De Silva stay um, in midfield. I'd like to see maybe uh, Tarek Fosu come back in for one of Canos or Mbouma, uh, just because I think he's in such white-hot form at the moment and could really, really offer something. Um, but so yeah, I'm 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 nervous with excitement um, and the fact that it's going to be <laughs> with my new gaff. It's going to be not far away from me. Will make it all the more frustrating that I can't be there. Uh, chanting, shouting a load of chants, but um, yeah. So in summary, I'm feeling I'm feeling nervous but optimistic. Nervous but optimistic. Let's find out. I, mean, I know you're not really. Well, you, you are sort of a KBR fan, but you're not really a KBR oh. fan. But let's actually go over <laughs> to talk to a real I never KBR have said fan. Turn to fuck off, probably. <laughs> <laughs> let's go over and talk to a real KBR fan. Let's talk to Paul, the Finny man, Finny from the QPR podcast and he's going to let us know exactly what is going down in QPR. Hello, this is Paul Finney from the QPR podcast. I've been asked to give you a wee bit of background for your coming game against us on Wednesday. Um, this result has been a bit up and down. Start of the season, absolutely appalling. I mean, we're doomed for League One, I felt. And um, conceding way too many stupid goals, getting away too many penalties, dominating games but couldn't hit a barn door with a tank. And it looked pretty much like it was going to be one of them seasons. You know, you, you get that feeling when you're ahead of relegation and you there's just nothing in the tank to fight back. And we had all that in abundance and um, went to Yurgaf and um, played, I thought, OK. And it all went a bit pear-shaped in many a game because we just didn't take our chances and we defended like... Well, absolute binlets. There's no other way of saying it. We were rubbish. But, on the other hand, we sort of unearthed an absolute gem of a keeper. But we'll come back to that in a wee second. Um, yeah, at the moment, the... Uh, we, 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 I don't know. Are we quite pleased with the way things are going? I think we could be more pleased because, obviously, no one likes to start the season without winning games and we weren't doing that and then all of a sudden the transfer window comes um, uh, along comes um, Charlie and that really did help motivate I don't know why it motivated because we brought in two strikers for quite a lot of money but they, they're just not working for whatever reason so Charlie's come in he's sort of um, 
kicked everyone up the arse. He, he's brought everyone into the game a lot more. His game since the last time he was with us has improved immensely. It's weird, isn't it? When, when players go away, you look at them, you think, you know, you don't want to come back and, and think, even if it's a loan move and, and ruin their reputation and ruin what they've done before. But Charlie's come back and he's a completely different player to what he was when he was first with us. He's, he's, he's much more of a team player. He's much more of a leader. Um, and he, he seems to still be... Well, refound his hunger. Maybe some clubs work for some people and some clubs don't, but it certainly worked for him. Sam Field have yet to play. Um, but I think he will be, from what I've heard and read about the lad, he's, he's kind of probably going to come into the side and, and, and take Ball's place in midfield. Um, and then, you know, we've, we've got to just hope that the window has helped because we needed it to. Um, and we can steady the ship because relegation would have been an absolute disaster. It might have pleased you lot, but for us, it would have been an absolute disaster for the club because you know what owners are like. And if you're that two tiers away from the Premier League, it's so, so different to being in the Championship where you're just like, well, a season away from where they can recoup all the losses and start from scratch, which is how owners always think about football. They never seem to think of the here and now. They're always thinking, right, we spent this amount of money. How do we get it back? Do we do this? Do we do that? And in, the, in QPR's case, we got it wrong for many a season. And um, we're, we're kind of going back to the youth, uh, gems, finding a player here, finding a player there. But in the end, we've had to hit the loan market and... Um, bring in Charlie to, to save our season and yeah you can't really argue with that it's 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 working and then we've got you Johansson from um Fulham who is not fit enough really but he's he's what we need in that midfield he's a real smashing kicker and we needed that because we've been so nice I mean I think to be honest with you we, you know we've been way 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 too civil to teams and too nice and not being for the team that's given away so many free kicks and penalties, we're not actually a dirty side. Certainly not standing on the ground and easily pushed off the ball and brushed aside. And at last, we've kind of got people in there that can actually move move the ball, fight for possession, get it, and, you know, recycle the ball is a modern word, isn't it? I'm old, so I just say get the ball up front and stick it in the back of that, which is, you know, how I used to grow up watching football. But anyway, recycle it to the forwards is a word they use. Uh, okay, who have I think? It's hard to say. I think my biggest team that I've got a grape against at the moment is probably Brentford for doing everything that we should have been doing years ago and doing it right. And I can't hate you because it's your own money, it's your own investment. You've scouted the right players, you've done everything by the book, you've built your own ground, you haven't gone in debt, you've done everything really well, and it's really annoying. And I'm not happy about it. I'd rather that you weren't doing what you were doing and we were doing what you were doing, if I'm being brutally honest. But however, you know, no sour grapes. If you if you, if you you do well, then fair play to you. There's no hard feelings from me. I just hope that um, we can we can uh, get the... Well, just make your Wednesday a little bit more miserable than what it should be. Um, team that I've got a lot of time for in this. And, and another team that do actually get my nerves at Bournemouth because they're, they're, they're talking like a a team that's been in the Premier League for donkeys and they've got, for a, t- a team that's spent so long outside of of the leagues and stuff, so forth and I and I had a lot of respect for it because their fans are usually quite decent, you know, the way they sacked the manager, the, the, they're talking about getting straight back in the Premier where they say they belong, blah 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 it's a bit weird, coming from like any team, but especially a team like it's, if we said it, it'd be weird but Bournemouth saying it, it's just really weird, and um 
I've also got to say that another team to get my wick is Preston. Absolute tactics of pure skullduggery, pure, pure and not a filth, the way they do things. I uh, wish we did it like they did sometimes, but yeah, they are king of nicking a, nicking a goal and then just do, using every single dirty trick in the book. And the team, I would say, is I'm happier with... Well, there's two. Wickham, because of Gaz Ainsworth and his association with the R's and the fact that, you know, he's unlike every other manager that's been sort of media trained and this, that and the other and his leather jacket and stuff. And he's a bit different. Football used to be full of different characters. Now, everyone's a cardboard cutout, a caricature of someone else and it just does my head in. So it's nice to see someone being different, someone who's on the touchline, who looks like he's just walked in from a nightclub or the pub. And, um, yep, yeah, so I'm liking that with Ian's with, but I'm also hugely impressed with Barnsley. Um, I probably shouldn't say this because at the moment they're beating you 2 0, and you probably don't want me to be saying this, but I think the, 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 the manager is an absolute breath of fresh air. He's focused, he's loud, he's got no money, but he's he's not whinging about it, he's getting on with it, um, he's not talking about small budgets, he's just doing everything right, and they're playing really good football. And people will say that they're, they're punishing above the the. the weird and being patronising I guess but they're actually good side, they're well organised and um, he's a very very good manager and um, I'd like to see them do quite well to be honest with you yep we did play you in the season as I say and um, yeah you kill us off and you know you can't give your players any space or your score goals, you can't give you any room because you like passes you seem to outfight us a little bit in the second half as well which annoyed me and it, we didn't I think approach a game like a local derby and give you what I would have thought would be a, a, a really good going over and um, you know because that's what I want I want us to go into these games and um, you know be ruthless take your chances be strong in the tackle be physical stand up for your your, your team stand up for your support base stand up for your the, the, our side of the derby I think in local derbies we have just been absolutely abysmal and we haven't stood up for ourselves. We haven't took pride in our badge. And um, I think it, it should stop now. And we need to um, to stand up for ourselves. Um, and at the end of the day, look, Brentford don't like QPR. QPR get annoyed by Brentford. You know, all this stuff about bus stops and Legoland and then you guys like the fallen, all the money we spent and everything else. At the end of the day, it should be about, you know, Brentford against QPR. Pride. It's, that's all it is. It should be pride, local pride, and bragging rights. And we have not had them from you guys or Fulham. For in fact, we've probably got a better record against Chelsea than any of you lot, to be honest with you, which is annoying. But you know, hey ho and all that. But I would really love us to um, turn you over. And there's no nice way of saying it. I want to absolutely stuff you, or one nil will do off Charlie Austin's arse or somebody's arse or one of you, even one of your players' arse I don't care I just want that win I want us to get some pride back and I want to actually avenge all those times I've gone to Griffin Park all the times you've come to Losses Road and we just haven't shown up I actually want us to show up fight for our badge fight for our wee patch of West London our W12 and um, just 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 be QPR be yourself be proud you know we're we're not a big club and I know everyone thinks we're big time Charlies we're not we've been through some of the dismal times like yourselves and um, all the joking aside like we we need to stay in this division we need to stay up and um, we need to stop your run so hopefully we can um, do that on um, Wednesday and um, take the points off you 
we can go, we can keep the points at um, the best football ground in West London, and it's, it's, it's kind of a bit of me that you know really wanted to be a good, good, good end-to-end game, and you know that's a football fan of me. Oh God, you know you want this to be a really good local derby that everyone sees and goes, oh, that's a really good game. But on the other hand, I just want to win. So however the win comes, I'm taking, I'm having, and, and I'm going to love it. And um, I'm sorry about that. But I'm desperate to get that flipping, just to get that bloody monkey off our backs while we keep losing to you guys. It's doing me head in. I hate it, and I want to win. So that's it. We want to win. Score prediction, I'm going to say 2-1 Rangers because you'll probably score against us because your man... He's on fire and he scores all the time and no doubt we'll probably give him enough room to score one. But I'm hoping a wee Charlie Austin goal and a wee appearance from um, Uncle Albert comes on and bangs one in and two Wonder Rangers. And you know what? I'll take that all day long. And um, you never know, you may even be seeing us in the playoffs. Yep, we're thinking of the... We win it on Wednesday and we win a few more games and we'll be looking up the table and not down which I can tell you is a pleasant change so I hope you all stay safe I hope you all enjoy the game and I hope we win and um, thanks to Billy and the gang hope you're alright lads and um, don't enjoy the game too much thanks a million so that was the Finny man who's very happy man he's a very confident man the Finny man thinks that QPR are going to get their one up on Brentford this time and they're going to do it and stop us from getting those automatic promotion places now that is a lot of confidence from the QPR camp and you know they've had a few decent wins under their belt to be fair recently so maybe he's got right to be confident do you think so lady yeah probably you know it's just one again you know we've just come out of a a very very long unbeaten run where you know that it's good that you know it's going to end we've we're in a, an incredibly excellent run against QPR which you know it, it probably will end whether it ends this week or not I don't know but they they will beat us at some stage in the future uh, I don't I don't think it is this week uh, I, you know it, it may not be a win either way it might be a draw uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot of stake, you know. They yeah, they he could be half right. He, he he could he could be right in so much as he, he expects them to get a victory against us, but it won't it, it won't be a game that actually affects whether we go up or not this year. That that happens later on. We've got a load of games left. There's no point in coming out of a 22 game unbeaten run, a, a run that's taken to the top of the league and left you in second place. And start pressing any panic buttons. You literally go right. That shit happens. It does happen in football. We reform. We go again. And if we don't win for three or four games, and we're down in fourth again, then you kind of start asking questions. But it's still bags enough time. And we know that we've got players coming back. So you know, Wednesday, I'm really massively looking forward to. I think it's a game where two teams will go. I mean, the first game at Griffin Park or the new Griffin Park was great, wasn't it? You know, we, although we won it, it was a game that went end to end, and uh, you know, it, it, it was a, it was a game that I thought we were on the back foot for a fair a fair amount of. Uh, so we 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 prevailed, and I think we will do again on Wednesday. Savvy B, I mean, just looking at what QPR are good at, they're good at defending set pieces. Very good at defending set pieces. Um, 
the moment, sort of not not a few other areas are plucked up. Even though obviously they've had a few good results. I mean, they've beaten Luton two nil. They beat Cardiff one nil. They lost Derby one nil. They they beat Watford two one as well, and they beat Blackburn one nil. So like I said to you, those are their last set of results. I mean, I know that's popping up for them. I'm sure out of those games as well, especially as Charlie Austin has just come in, there's probably a few little strengths as well, weaknesses. Finishing scoring chances. So finishing scoring chances have been weak, even though, like I said to you, Austin has just come in now and he might change that. Aerial duels, they're weak, so they're not great in the air. Defending down the wings again, uh, which is one of our strengths, they're not great at. Stopping opponents from creating chances well, they're not good at. And they're very weak at defending counter-attacks. So looking at that, does that give you a little bit more confidence, Savvy? I think it's exactly what I said earlier. They're the kind of team that uh, suit us perfectly because all their weaknesses are our, are our strengths. So, yeah, I mean, that, that just makes me more confident. Also, when you look at their kind of results, they're not destroying teams. They're not, you know, knocking teams over and sort of running away with it. They're just getting sort of 1-0s, 2-1s, those kind of wins. So, you know, they're, they're, they're you know, it's, it's nice for them to get a few points, but, you know, they're not... They're not storming away like we've been in the past uh, five or six weeks. So, yeah, I, th- I think I'm, I'm very confident. Yeah, so, I mean, the confidence is there. I mean, I'm going to go around the table now and try and see how confident you all are by asking for a school prediction, Laney. Oh, come to me first. Well, I, I was actually right at Reading as well. I need some props for that. I said 3-1. Oh, well, that's a good, well, that's a good call fact, that, sorry, 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 mate. Can I have a round of applause all round, please? Yeah, all of you. for Lady getting three one. Thanks very much. Cheers. I got today. I got today wrong though. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to go three one again. Three one to the mighty, mighty bees. Okay, Robin Hood. Um, last season we beat them 3-1 at their place and 3-1 at our place. I'm going to go with the mirror here as well and say that we're going to win 2-1 as we did earlier on the season. Uh, and if I do need to strip Starkers, paint myself red and white and shout the bus stop in Hounslow chant outside the Key and Prince Foundation Stadium to prove my loyalty, then I will happily do it. Ooh. Ooh. Savvy B. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's time for a clean sheet. I think uh, we haven't had one for donkey's years now. So I'm going to go for the old clean sheet and I'm going to go for 2-0. Oh, OK, there's three wins and uh, I'm actually going to go a little bit safer. And also the other thing is that I know that their defence hasn't been great over the, over, the, well, over, the, over the seasons, but they've actually got very, very good goalkeeper, Dieng, as well. So, yeah, you know, Rea versus Dieng. So I think that he might be maybe pulled into play a few times. So I think that, you know, we're going to have a game that won't get away from us. But again, I don't think we get quite get the result that we want. I'm going to go for one all. One all to the mighty bees, that is. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, look, this is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. Result didn't go to plan today against Barnsley, but listen, glass half full, that doesn't matter. We've still got a lot of the season to go and uh, it doesn't make you a bad team overnight. So we got QPR on Wednesday. We just need to do the business against them and then we just move on. I'm Billy Grant and I've, I've enjoyed, I've actually enjoyed venting a little bit today because I felt a little bit frustrated after that match today where, to be quite honest, you can see the ball going in the back of the net. So having a little vent with my buddies here has made me feel a lot better. I've got Laney in the house. Laney? Yeah, Bill, um, Wednesday night as well. Wednesday, um, Swansea at home to, uh, to Nottingham Forest. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't even start me about that. Listen, I don't really care what they're doing, how they're doing. I'm sure they'll be fine. So thank you very much for that, lady. And Sammy being in the house. Thank you. Cheerio. And also we got Robin Hood, the ranger, in the house. The mighty who? I mean bees. 
<laughs> Listen, let's just get a result against Wednesday and we put this all behind us as we say... Come on, you Come on, you hoobies! Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.